0: It's time for the Alien Conspiracy Podcast. We are your hosts,
1: Agent ETA,
2: Agent Ether,
1: Agent Kruger, and Agent Anderson. Come along as we examine UFO sightings, conspiracies, and all things strange. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. Before we get into this week's episode, The Pyramids, it's time for Strange Events, Bizarre Facts, The Unbelievable Revealed. This is the mind boggle of the week. Oxygen on Mars?
2: That's right. So you guys know we have the Perseverance rover up on Mars desperately searching for signs of alien life and water along with its Ingenuity helicopter. There's also a toaster-sized instrument attached to it, and it has a coating of gold and space aerogel because it gets up to 1,500 degrees Fahrenheit. It gets that hot because it's trying to separate the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere into oxygen and it was successfully able to do that it made 5.4 grams of oxygen and that may not sound like a lot but it's enough to sustain an astronaut for 10 minutes
3: that's important out there that's definitely important
1: oh, that's not quite enough to get home but hey, it's better than nothing
2: well, it would take about one metric ton of oxygen to sustain four astronauts for one year. And that would take a one ton, what they call a MOXI. Let me refer to my notes. A MOXI is short for a Mars Oxygen In-Situ Resource Utilization Experiment. Hey, that's, so that's
0: oh, what's... That, a, right. yeah. <laughs> that's quite the, yeah, that's quite the acronym there.
2: So that's what's attached to the rover and it's working over time, and they hope to kind of push it to its limits. So the whole point of having both the helicopter and the MOXIE up there on the surface of Mars is to kind of push them to their limits. So their next experiment is going to generate up to 10 grams of oxygen per hour, and it does have to warm up for about two hours before it can start the experiment. And it's gonna run about nine more tests over the next two years, And the research team is going to use that to design future versions of the MOXIE. And, of course, we eventually hope this will lead to sustainable life on Mars and also will be a source of oxygen for rocket fuel.
1: Badass. Okay, so one thing I don't understand is why are they still so hell-bent on rockets? Why don't they just get off their lazy asses? And develop some kind of propulsion system that we haven't been using since the goddamn 1940s. Seriously, people, these scientists are slacking. All right, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, I had to. Where is our zero-point energy, people? Where is our antimatter propulsion? That's all I'm asking. Is that too much to ask for, antimatter propulsion?
2: Or some sort of, like, nuclear propulsion? That would work, too.
1: Some sort of development that, you know, that's beyond what we accomplished in the 1940s. I'm sure they got something in the works
3: or something we can't know. But uh, I I remember plasma being a thing, like uh, some sort of headway. I mean, it's not the fastest way to travel, but it's the most efficient. We Hmm. can somehow make that better.
0: Well, you know, until they reverse engineer the, uh, you know, the the UFOs that they've uh, collected at, you know, historical sites or crashed UFOs and stuff that our government and other gov- governments, governments probably have. But yeah. I mean, uh, I guess we're stuck with what we ha- what we got.
1: Yeah, actually I'm actually kind of being sarcastic because I kind of think that all of these recent UFO releases. Th- so anybody who hasn't been paying attention, the government has over the last couple of years admitted that a couple of videos that got released were real videos of UFOs. But that goes against everything that they've done since, like, the 1940s. They never... The only other thing I know of that they've actually explicitly admitted to was in Roswell. They sent out a press release saying that there was a crashed flying saucer, and then they very quickly retracted that. But this, they did not retract.
2: Well, I had a friend who actually said, this is the year that they've revealed to us there's aliens and nobody seems to care.
1: Yeah. Or they're there's a meme going around where there's, so there's a politician speaking, talking about, and we have a global pandemics, you know, 5,000 people have caught it. 200 people died today. And by the way, aliens are real. And we also have a shortage (laughs) of masks, you know, like, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. It shows our condition.
0: Yeah. We've been conditioned well. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. And also like the amount of like former, you know, military individuals or people who worked in like the, uh, military industrial complex there's a lot more of them coming out just openly and talking about their supposed experiences or what have you or their involvement in um this sector it's it's happening more and more every year
2: uh, has hasn't this gone past soft disclosure aren't we into just disclosure at this point
0: i would have to agree with that i mean it's some of the stuff that has been claimed are, are is a very you know I mean it's not like they're just saying hey this might be a thing like you know a lot of these uh witnesses that you know work for the military like pilots and such i mean they're they're coming out in the straight up saying that no we saw something that didn't make any sense in any way shape or form to us it was not you know something that we would have had a capability to produce so it wasn't ours you know so but yeah i mean it's they're they're very matter of fact about what they're saying you know
1: yeah so what i was saying about the videos though is that we're talking about like the nimitz video and the go fast video and those specifically yeah yeah where they supposedly show an object doing maneuvers that are not possible by current technology but if you take that at face value which that's a big but because well the the thing is these videos are actually edited they don't they didn't release the whole videos right mm-hmm. so if they really wanted to disclose why did they edit the videos why did they release for well, anyways it's a whole other thing but yeah <laughs> Anyways, I don't. I, I'm kind of of the mind that those are not actual UFOs or aliens or whatever you would what have you interdimensional what's its or you know people from the future. I think there's a good chance that either that's some sort of uh, you know, some sort of hoax by the government or some sort of craft that the government has that's capable of flying using new propulsion systems. And the reason that they released those videos. Is actually it has something to do with it's like a counterintelligence against our enemies mm-hmm. in China and Russia. Because make not be the no first mistake, time either. Our government does not give a shit about telling the people anything. That yeah. that is not on their agenda at all. That like that's not even on the radar. It's not like, a weight on their us,
0: shoulders, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Like if if they know about aliens, let's say if the government knows about aliens, the decision to tell the people or not tell the people has nothing to do with with whether or not the people deserve to know or whatever like that's not even mm-hmm. like that's not even on the horizon they're concerned about defense that's it pretty much i mean the military side of it anyways so it, it does not factor in to what the people should know but anyways i guess that's sort of a, like a very long-winded way of saying that i think these videos are probably terrestrial technology that's far in advance of what we're aware of
0: mm-hmm.
1: all right let's oh, get yeah. to the pyramids hell so, yeah. We're talking primarily about the Giza Plateau in Egypt, and I looked mostly at the Great Pyramid of Giza, which is the largest one on the plateau, and it's, the, it's actually the oldest and the largest one in the Giza Pyramid Complex. It's estimated to have taken 27 years to build, and it was completed approximately 2560 B.C., The original height of the thing was 481 feet. It was the tallest, I I love this statistic, it was the tallest man-made structure in the world for 3,800 years. That just kind of goes to show how remarkable this structure really is. There's nothing that has stood, any sort of record has never stood for 3,800, that's just... That is just incredible. And I don't think that record will ever be beaten. And that's only if you,
0: if you believe the, uh, you know, the commonly dated, uh, time for which, you know, it's accepted that that, you know, should have been built, but uh, there's a lot of people that that think that the structure could be far older than that, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that stuff later. But
1: yeah, yeah.
0: I think that that is like an extremely conservative estimate for when it was built to be honest.
1: Yeah, so I should preface. So what I'm what I'm introducing here is what's generally accepted is the common that what most yeah. scholars would probably accept is the common knowledge about the plateaus. But yeah, we'll yeah. get into stuff that's you know maybe a little different than what the foremost Egyptologists uh, think is true. So the the pyramid was the Great Pyramid. It was dismantled and used as a quarry in the Middle Ages. And that lowered its height to 450 feet from 481 feet. It lost 31 feet because they're basically, they're taking rocks off of, you know, the the facing and everything. They're taking stuff off of it to build other things in the area. The base of the pyramid, the Great Pyramid of Giza, is 755 feet squared. And it has a volume of approximately 92 million cubic feet. It originally had white limestone casing stones that formed a smooth outer surface. It has three main chambers inside, and it has, so the three main chambers are, there's one underneath that's cut into the bedrock, there's the king's chamber and the queen's chamber, those are higher up in the structure. There's a lot of other smaller tunnels and chambers throughout that are, they're kind of interesting, but we may or may not touch on them, I don't know. There are about two point three million blocks were used to build it, and in total they weighed about six million tons. The average size of the blocks was two point five tons. The blocks were from the Giza plateau primarily most of them were, and now they were pretty close to the pyramid. Some of them were transported from the Nile by they put them on boats apparently this they don't know for sure, but that's one theory. Although, to be fair, I read that also some people think that the Nile would not have been deep enough to transport them, but hey, I wasn't there. I didn't see it, so who knows. The limestone casings came from Tura about six miles away, and I believe Tura was, was pretty close to where modern-day Cairo is. The granite blocks that were used for the King's Chamber were transported from Aswan 560 miles away. The biggest of these weighs 80 tons. That's that's pretty incredible, right there. That kind of makes me stop and think that whatever they were up to was this was quite the undertaking. So I did a little bit of math on the numbers here. Twenty-seven years times three hundred and sixty-five days equals nine thousand eight hundred and fifty-five days. Nine thousand eight hundred fifty-five times twenty-four hours equals two hundred and thirty-six. Uh, uh, Out 236,520 hours to build the Great Pyramid of Giza. That doesn't include any of the surrounding structures or pyramids. That's just that one pyramid. Now, if you divide 2.3 million blocks by 236,520, you get 9.72 blocks an hour for 27 years or approximately 233 a day if you're using all 24 hours, which they almost certainly were not because they did not have electricity and light bulbs and stuff as far as we know, so it would have been very dark and very difficult to work at night. But who knows, maybe they had a lot of torches or something, I don't know. But anyways, this works out to about 25 tons an hour, or about 56,000 pounds an hour, which... You know, I guess it seems it so i've I've read and heard people discussing this saying that just the sheer scale of this thing, it would have been impossible to build in this time scale because there's just too much material that would have been needed to been moved. But when you really look at those numbers and you think, okay, if they had tens of thousands of laborers, Maybe it was possible, but I really don't know for sure. It's just kind of fun to think what the possibilities are.
0: You know, the, the number one argument I've heard against that, which I do agree that, that um, with many hands, you know, great things are definitely uh, achievable, you know, but the level of quality in the work would suggest whoever was was working these structures were extremely highly, you know, skilled laborers at the very least, you know what I mean? Obviously yeah. whoever was, whoever designed this structure, these structures, uh, were, were very, very advanced with, the uh, the methods that they're using, you know, but, um, yeah, it just, to, to me, it doesn't make sense that, uh, with, with the, the way that everything can, cause one of the things that kind of like, um, trips me out the most is that, like, there's a lot of these blocks that aren't even shaped the same. Like, um, like, like even like some of the, uh, the structures around, like some of the temples and stuff on the, the Giza Plateau. They use, uh, uh, what is it called, heterogeneous uh, shaped walls or shaped blocks where, you know, most of the blocks are of different dimensions and sizes and stuff. And they fit together in, in, um, you know, a kind of a random way. But it also is um, an extremely, extremely strong way of building a structure because it's very resilient, like when it comes to like earthquakes and stuff like that. Which, by the way, Cairo has, uh, in the surrounding areas, um, have, have, you know, witnessed a, pretty great magnitude earthquakes in the last, you know, 70 years or so and uh a lot of those structures on the Giza plateau that are ancient um didn't really they weren't affected very much, you know, that all the modern buildings and stuff were, of course, but um yeah, the 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 pyramid and all well, all the pyramids they they didn't move an inch, not even a millimeter, you know.
1: I actually have a theory about that, but maybe I'll wait till the end. So okay. yeah, speak, speaking of the blocks, They were quarried, supposedly, by they cut into the stone, and then they would insert a wooden wedge into the cut, and they soaked the wooden wedge with water. When it expanded from the water, it broke off rough pieces, and then those pieces were further cut and transported to the build site. There was a stonemason named Frank Burgess. He did an experiment using a quarry of khufus. They found like an abandoned quarry with like lots of tools and stuff from the time. So he used the tools that would have been available to Khufu's workers, which is basically like copper chisels and stuff like that, like really primitive. Well, because they were like we would consider bronze it age, right? The, I'm sorry, what?
0: They're supposed to be like bronze age type tools,
1: right? Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. So according to his experiment, it took four people four days to make one block. He was able to improve this time by wetting the block with water. He estimates that 3,500 quarry workers could have produced the blocks needed to finish the pyramid in 27 years. And he also estimated, or him, or I forgot, actually it might not have been him. It's also estimated that 13,000 to 40,000 workers were used to build the pyramid. There's uh, also, we talked to, uh, ETA mentioned the complex around the pyramid a little bit. There was temples, buildings, and four smaller pyramids, And also they found five buried solar barges. And if you have to ask what a solar barge is. What's a solar barge? I'm not telling you. (laughs) The causeway itself. So they, they built a causeway that led to the pyramid. That was also an amazing feat of engineering. It was over half a mile long and 20 yards wide. It was 16 yards high. It was made of polished stone and carved with figures. It's almost, from what I read, it's almost entirely gone today, unfortunately, but we have descriptions of it from antiquity, from people who w- traveled there over the years, like even thousands of years ago. They think the architect who built the pyramid was Khufu's vizier or visor, uh, Hemenu H-E-M-I-U-N-U, also known as Heman, Hemon, H-E-M-O-N. But uh, from what I found, there aren't really great records that that's the case, but they suspect that he was the architect. They believe that it was built by the Pharaoh Khufu because the blocks in some of the parts of the pyramid are marked with a type of graffiti that uses Khufu's name. So they would mark it. This is the group of, this is the gang. They, They call it gangs or whatever. This is the group of people from this division working for the, Pharaoh Khufu, you know, may he live forever or whatever. So they basically would write that on the blocks. There's also other evidence that Khufu was the Pharaoh who built it because they found what what they call the Khufu ship. For example, this is one of many examples, um, a solar barge that was discovered in 1954 buried at the south foot of the pyramid. The, The idea was that the ship could have been used by Khufu in the afterlife it was 140 feet long and 20 feet wide. It was a real working ship that was probably seaworthy. The cartouche of Jedefre, D-J-E-D-E-F-R-E, Khufu's eldest son, was found on the blocks that made the pit in which the ship was buried. This makes sense because the eldest son would have been responsible for burying the pharaoh. So that's just one example of evidence as you know, why they think Khufu was the pharaoh that built it. But there's actually a lot of little pieces of evidence that kind of stack up to make it look like Khufu was the pharaoh that is disputed by some people. And one of one of the reasons is because the, the pyramid itself had been completely looted. We don't know when. It could have been even, you know, 2,000 years ago. It could have been looted. Who knows? But at some point in the distant past, everything was pretty much looted from it the tomb was empty. The um, sarcophagus was empty. So we don't really know for sure that it was Khufu, although there does seem to be evidence. So that's pretty much like the basics around the Great Pyramid. And I'll kind of hand it off to um, whoever wants to go next to start talking about some of the weird stuff.
0: Hell yeah, I'm down with that weird shit. (laughs) That's what I'm about, dude. Well, I mean, all right. So there's there's a lot of different weird stuff, a lot of different weird stuff, and there's two kind of there's two things in particular that I wanted to talk about in relation to you know um, structures on the Giza Plateau, and it wasn't necessarily the Great uh, Pyramid in in particular, but that is definitely part of it. Um, the main thing I wanted to talk about is this, is this, the Sphinx, and um, in particular, I wanted to talk about Robert Shock's uh, erosion studies on the Sphinx enclosure. So. um... I think it's a uh, very compelling and this individual uh kind of uh, got brought into this area of study by a different person John Anthony West and, and a lot of people listening to this may be already familiar with it but I it's I, I love these studies and I love their forward thinking so I, I want to touch on I want to talk about it for a little bit so um all right so um Robert shock is a geologist from the University of Boston and um while the that guy, you know, he he said in interviews himself, he has um, always been kind of interested in um, Egypt and mythology and a lot of, like, you know, megalithic structures. He, he, he always accepted, like, the uh, mainstream archaeological, you know, definitions and theories or what have you, you know. So he didn't really question it all that much until he took a trip to Egypt with a, a, an individual named John Anthony West. And um, John Anthony West was uh, somebody who was... I guess has been uh, described as being a pseudoscientist of sorts. I've I've noticed that this word is used quite a bit when uh, talking about people that challenge mainstream theories or what have you about many different subjects. But at any rate, um, he had convinced Robert Schock to come along with him um, in a trip to Egypt to uh, study some of the erosion effects on some of the structures in 1990 and uh, originally, Robert Schock went on the, the journey, kind of just already, like, he already made up his mind about, like, what he was going to find. You know what I mean? He said, like, uh, you know, that there's been enough study on all this stuff. I'm sure I'm going to find all the same things that other people are claiming. And, and you know, these are these erosion anomalies or what have you that, that uh, John Anthony West is talking about, you know, are going to come up to, you know, basically be nothing, you know? um he actually says like it took him less than six minutes i think to uh look at some of these structures and find out well wait a minute now there's there's a whole lot going on here than i thought and um so the one structure i want to talk about in particular with this is uh, the enclosure around the sphinx so the sphinx itself was carved out of bedrock the entire like enclosure in the sphinx itself was carved out of bedrock so um it's a, uh, there's like a re- r- rectangular enclosure that surrounds the Sphinx. And um, you can see erosion. Like uh, there's a lot of pictures that you can pull up on uh, Google images um, and you can find really fast. And you'll see there's a lot of vertical fissures and um, horizontal um, layers that have been eroded in a, a very uh, specific way. So the, the main thing to uh, talk about is precipitous erosion so it, it it appears that the erosion marks on the enclosure itself um would have ca- came from precipitous erosion meaning rainfall sustained over a long period of time um it'd be it'd be different than erosion from like wind and air or sand and also like flooding because it wouldn't create those those vertical fissures w- within the stone you know it, it would uh have um the water like for instance like w- with flooding the water would have came from below and then, you know, eroded in a different way. It wouldn't have been dripping down the walls and creating those vertical fissures. You know what I mean? So um, the reason why this is such a big deal is because what we know about, you know, that area of the world, there hasn't been very much, you know, sustained rainfall in that area for, I mean, at least 5,000 years and, and more likely as far as what Robert Shock claims, it's more likely that uh you know this erosion would date back more so about uh, 9700 bc like at the end of the last ice age the younger dryas era um because back then there was a lot more rainfall a lot more sustained weather you know what i mean and the like um egypt and like the sahara desert and stuff that wasn't necessarily you know that, that that desert didn't come up, come about like uh, until about 5000 years ago and and on up from what i understand um before that it, 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 there definitely was a lot more weather a lot more rainfall a lot more moisture just in general you know um and one of the things that he uh theorizes himself is um that a lot of this erosion could have been from like floods and stuff but um floods that were caused by massive flooding like uh like all right so so one of the things that he talks about is like uh the end of what ended the the younger Dryas era which was potentially um coronal uh, like a solar outburst or a a coronal mass ejection from the sun which uh could do the same thing as like a uh a meteorite impact for instance if it had hit like uh you know glaciers and stuff on, on you know wherever it was on the planet so if uh, if you would have had that happen then there definitely could have been, you know, uh, um large outbursts in uh flooding in in a lot of different areas. Um so it could possibly create some of this erosion that he's talking about, but he said the um a lot of that couldn't have been, you know, something that happened in the in the direct that immediate area, you know, around uh Egypt uh because if it would have there you would have seen a lot more evidence of a uh, you know, um, a lot of the structures would have been far more damaged, basically. You know what I mean?
2: So it sounds like you're saying that the Sphinx is a lot older than traditional archaeologists would date it.
0: Yes, yeah. It's a very long-winded way of saying it, I guess, <laughs> the, the way I said it, but yes. All right, so the Orion Correlation is basically the, the theory or hypothesis that uh, um, the three main pyramids of uh, uh, on Giza are aligned with the the orion um star cluster, yeah star cluster, the, yeah. yeah, yeah orion's belt well with Orion's right, belt yeah, so it's, it's basically now
2: it's it, aligned with what it's aligned with the little and the big Dipper, but if you look back in history and to the alignment yeah. of the stars, it was aligned to yeah with
0: the the osiris orion. uh cluster, whatever the hell <laughs> now I'm brain farting yeah. damn it no yeah but, but, that's uh,
3: fascinating though that but it's basically. Be, uh, yeah
0: it's been it's been you know uh, uh, theorized that it's a, a mirror image of that on the ground you know what i mean correct so i, mean, I don't know there's there's a lot more there's a, a whole ton that goes into that i don't really feel like going into it to be quite well, honest no but
3: that, <laughs> I, i'll get into that i mean what it, it's how does a civil ancient civilization have the ability to look down and do that or get that feedback or that accuracy i mean i i maybe like drawing a line on a parchment or um, highlight. I mean I don't know like it just they, was that the inspiration but
0: going back to the Great Pyramid how the hell does this ancient civilization build a structure that you know takes up like you know 13 acres in its footprint and it's aligned within true north uh, aligned uh, to true north within like like one tenth right. of a degree yeah. right I right. mean it's, less. like yeah. you said it's, it's built of millions of blocks um, and it's know, not the,
3: a, a little undertaking it's a massive project you know, like
0: this is, oh, I mean, it, there's, there's almost no way to, to overstate the effort that had to have gone into building just the Great Pyramid itself. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, that's,
3: that's what I was actually going to talk about was a bit of the inspiration that went behind it. I, I have come across multiple legends, whether it be through the Egyptians or with, um, oh, I'm forgetting who the other civilization Elon, was. Elon Musk. Elon Musk yeah I saw (laughs) that too that was hilarious he would be the one that would go down there and go like check it out that'd be pretty (laughs) I think that'd be pretty cool Um, but there's multiple civilizations that have openly spoken about how like the Aztecs and Egyptians for instance uh, that gods came down and gave them you know the foresight to be able to do this the instructions on how to do this and you know, I, I have a working theory with that too that I would like to touch on by the end of this. But are you gonna you know, talk
0: about Zeptepi?
3: I know, not exactly. Well, I mean, it could be that or Thoth, uh, the god that well, you know. Well, I mentioned this, Egyptian we we might
0: as well touch on it real quick. So Zeptepi is um within Egyptian mythology is, is uh, described as being the first time or the time before. Um depends on how it's translated. But um in my own personal you know um opinion i think that zeptepi was you know the time of when some of these grand structures were built and my own personal you know opinion like i said is uh, the time of the dynastic egyptians that we we think of i think they were trying to uh restore former glory in what they called zeptepi the the time before the first time uh, the time of the gods or what have you zeptepi time it's Zep-Tepi time, baby. <laughs> it's mother's
3: tepi time. Um yeah, I mean and also like correlating with Thoth. Uh he was the like basically the god of, you know, getting stuff done. <laughs> if in simplest terms, I mean one of the engineering gods, yeah, knowledge, of writing, reading. Uh he was the former, or he was the creator of words and literature for the Egyptians. So I mean, uh but I mean a lot of their Deities and their gods. A lot of them have, you know, half man humanoid bodies with, you know, it's the clear obvious with an animalistic head, and you know, w- besides being really cool looking, uh, there has to be something else behind that. I mean, it, I believe. I mean, I don't want to say I completely believe, but you know, i I am leaning towards the belief that like we at one point in time had the ability to connect or draw from the earth in certain ways. And maybe we had, uh, you know, I don't want to say telepin- or telekinetic abilities or anything like that, but some sort of uh, link, if you will, of communication uh, with, you know, somebody up there.
0: Um, when well, it I think comes- it's, sorry. I think it's, I think it's quite possible that whoever built these structures were just as advanced as we are now, but it's quite possible that they are, advancement or their technology had taken a different route than we have
3: you know what I mean? Either the violent nature of history that you know a lot of bright minds and a lot of great people were cut down short before they could really make a mark on the world mm-hmm. um, maybe there were a lot of inspiration that we we the history books just do not pick up but um, i I not like going back to a bit to it uh, you know there's a lot of correlation with the pyramids being used as some sort of you know either an antenna or some you know just flat out a reason obviously why the hell they're there other than burial chambers Um, you know everybody has a frequency well, and the pyramids give off that frequency and we, we spoke about this earlier yeah. Agent ETA but uh, I believe there is some correlation between meditation and connecting to a higher being that would take them out of their body I mean there's like I was saying earlier legends that the gods that were able to take them out of their bodies um and show them exactly what to do and there's you know new uh, studies and new people coming out claiming that due to deep meditation that they're able to talk to somebody else like above them
0: yeah well i I find it very interesting that um some people you know they've said that it's possible all right so under these pyramids under a lot of the uh, structures on the giza plateau it's pretty well documented that there is a, a whole shit ton of tunnels that have been built within the plateau. There's a, the, they don't really know how many tunnels or how far it goes. Cause a lot of it is flooded. So a lot of it really isn't, you can't like explore it. You know what I mean? So, but but I've actually seen videotape of uh, some of these tunnels that you can find online.
2: Yeah. They put robots in there.
0: Some robots. Yeah, dude. Um, and, but they can only go so far in a lot of them because there's a lot, a lot of them that are blocked with like trash or just debris of some sort or another, just that have, have built up over the thousands of years since they've been there. But these tunnels are, are, you know, just as precise, um, as far as how they're carved out or the, uh, the geometry involved in them as, as the structures that lie above it. But, um, you have to ask yourself, like, why are all these tunnels there and they they seem to um, intersect with all the major structures and and possibly connect all of them. Maybe for what reason I I wouldn't be able to tell you, but I know that uh, some people have theorized that it's quite possible some of these tunnels have been used to move water and stuff in order to uh, you know um, I, I so I guess some some of these uh, structures supposedly were built as energy like conductors. Like the Great Pyramid and stuff, uh, because it was built like on intersecting ley lines and stuff, some people believe that it's possible that it could be like a, uh, some some sort of a generator of some sort using right, like, like the a Earth, source the Earth's of natural...
2: electromagnetic energy. I know the yeah, Soviets yeah. had some documents that claim that when they went to the pyramids, they felt drawn to them by some yeah. source of energy. And of course, you know, oh, we've yeah. gone there and we've taken measurements and we haven't found. Any evidence of different kinds of electromagnetic force, but people have said they've gone to the pyramids and they've felt
0: it. Yeah, I find it, I find it very interesting at the least. That's uh, not that well. I
3: mean, recent times, if anybody wants to draw from any, like you know, possible theories or evidence, if you will, that there was. a, I got to look up the title of this. It was a documentary on Amazon Prime, and it's free to watch if you have Amazon Prime. But uh, it was contact, making contact with the fifth kind, I believe. I, I, oh man. But anyway, the, the source of the whole, I mean, my whole point behind it is that they focus on a large part of their contact, if you will, with extraterrestrials through meditation. And a lot of claims come from them saying that. They've been teleported out of their bodies, and there's strong communication between them and a a higher life force or a, a different type of being. Um, that reminds me of spent time
0: in high school. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, there was there's supposedly one gentleman was able to cure his uh, hearing, uh, or not. He didn't cure it, but he was cured due to you know certain abilities that whoever he was talking to when he was lifted out of his body the next morning he didn't need the hearing aids um but yeah there's it's, it's a fascinating little documentary um but agent eta claimed to have sent it if i'm not mistaken but
1: just well, trying wait, and are, you, it. are you talking don't, about don't you the, put words in my mouth Steven greer documentary on amazon say it again are you talking about that documentary the fifth kind by steven Ye- greer on amazon? yeah 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 all right, I'm going to go on the record as saying that um, allegedly, now I would never say this myself, but allegedly I've heard that uh, Dr. Stephen Greer is an absolute piece of shit scam artist. So, oh, I mean, I don't know if that's true. I wouldn't say it. Allegedly, he charges thousands of dollars to go out into the desert and he puts on light shows where people see UFOs and stuff. But Oh,
0: ah, dude, I love lights and shiny things. You, Windows
1: has Windows given me updates notifications and shit in the middle of recording a goddamn podcast well that i, I to, did dude, not dude, know i can tell you that right now i'm gonna go, I, think, I, I swear know. dude i'm gonna buy a goddamn apple and i hate apple that's how much i hate windows now anyways i digress but no yeah Stephen greer he he has he charges people thousands of dollars to summon ufos out in the middle of nowhere and he makes them signed non-disclosure agreements so that after you get ripped off allegedly you can't go tell people about it because you signed an nda so yeah
3: yeah, yeah right. now, god damn it
1: i fucking mean, fuck it i sorry,
3: i knew it i had a. I there was this creeping hey, why'd you suspicion have to that on
1: his party man
0: well like i wanted to be clear <laughs> that i like
3: i saw the documentary this just a couple days ago and i was like hey uh, i mean that seems plausible and then while doing that i have uh was reading a bunch of stuff where there's a lot of people being you know spoken to by some sort of god or some sort of you know, higher force. And it's like, huh, that seems plausible. And I do believe in meditation and I, I do believe there is benefits to it. Um, but I I mean, I don't think it's too crazy to think it could be plausible. I mean, Hey, you know, what if in the past we had the ability to do certain things that we were, you know, just, like cut, like it grown out of, like, or we were misguided in a certain way where we started relying on, you know, combustion engines instead of like what we could grab from the earth, or you know, just some some you know reason.
1: Yeah, I'm not trying to poo-poo any of that. I'm just saying that anything that Stephen Greer is attached to, be very wary of. Now that doesn't mean that if he's talking about it, he probably didn't get it from himself. He stole it from somebody else. So just because he's talking about it doesn't mean that that topic in general is bullshit, but I would just say, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Be wary about that dude. In my past, I've, I've worked for production companies where I've had
3: to, you know, put up with some pretty wacky, Wacky stuff on stage, but I could I could sniff out some bullshit from a mile away. That's what I'm trying to say. And but with this with Stephen Greer, I was like, hey, you know, some of the accounts and some of the things was uh, somewhat you know could be plausible. But I didn't really look into his background. Um, but there was that scent of like he's not giving you the full details of what is is his method. And there was a couple of his students or some of the people that he hangs out with claiming that, you know, oh, he has the tools for success, but you have to, you know, come and join. And I'm like, wait a minute here. Like uh, that, that sounded weird. And that was at the end of it all. And I even, the people I was watching it with, they were even stating it. Was that just a long commercial? Like, cause that's really (laughs) what it felt like. Wait, Wait
0: is this a cult? (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah yeah he kind of he looks like an alien himself he has the creepiest smile i swear and it's i i'm not trying to be mean but
0: lizard fox
3: probably man but I, I i still stand by what i what i would like to believe and think of so i mean
1: that hey well yeah that's that's what i was trying to say is like you know all this stuff you're talking about like meditation and stuff like that um i think those are legitimate ideas and i'm not trying to say i'm not trying to say anything bad about that stuff no i'm just saying yeah Bad stuff about... Well, I mean, I wouldn't say it because I don't want to get sued, but other people have said bad stuff about Stephen Greer is all oh. I'm saying. Weren't
0: we just
2: talking, <laughs> AJ Anderson, though, about astral projection and how maybe I would never say this guy's really a degenerate
0: terror. piece of shit, but he's a fucking degenerate piece of shit. Some people do say that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, I, just, well, I, ast- I didn't just say that, but I mean, <laughs> He it's spoke been said. about but,
3: astral projection. Uh, he was claiming... I mean, there have been... And I could see that he could pull it from other stories because I remember hearing about this stuff like years ago. Where you know, what if what we're seeing from a different dimension is you know from a, that of a different dimension, from a different like side of you know a different galaxy right. or something that's exactly. peering into our uh, a different
0: a different part of the ultra light spectrum, ultraviolet light spectrum that we can't perceive ourselves. Necessarily That'd be badass. Time. I hope
3: that's what that is, or,
0: some or maybe sort of it's form.
2: a form of advanced meditation. So we're meditating. They're meditating and somehow there's this connection
3: yeah I I would like I have a genuine like one of my oldest memories and I know we all have some sort of deep down memory that we remember when we were a kid or whatever but I really do mean this that I have an earth my earliest memory is just looking down at my house and coming through the roof and like it's very subtle Hmm. but it was like I was free falling and then hit a body like I hit the like whatever bed I was sleeping in And then it was like life just began there. I don't know. It's weird. It's the weirdest thing. And I can only remember it. And I hate that I can't just show you guys what I'm talking about. But I'm not that crazy. (laughs) Early
0: memories memories are crazy, man. One of my earliest memories is like one that I hated too, was like sitting there at the TV trying to watch like a scrambled up Spice channel. And try to get like a, just a, just like, like one, <laughs> one image of a tit or something. You know what I mean? Like just one.
3: You know Dude. what I mean? Like, oh, I saw it. See, it. Wait, I played there the system. I see I played the system. <laughs> I, I just waited for the infomercials that night for the Girls Gone Wild. It was pretty, uh. Oh, no, this is. There was, was,
1: was a bunch of since. Be- before Girls Gone Wild. Uh, back Skin in the oh, Skin yeah. and and all that. Oh, this yeah, yeah, pretty yeah.
0: Girls Gone Wild. This yeah, is like when the, you. It's HBO. Yeah, this is like black box uh, territory like back when they had black boxes yeah. like to get like so, channels that you weren't subscribed oh.
1: to oh back so back in the day for all you kids who don't know what the hell he's talking about back in the day <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah i have to explain this because nobody's going to know what the fuck you're talking about dude it's <laughs> so trippy Oh my so, god. Uh, back in the day you'd get a cable subscription and if you didn't pay for the channel they would scramble it so you could still kind of see it but maybe the picture would be reversed the colors would be reversed, and there would be like these lines going through it. But but every, every if there once was in a some, while,
0: every once in a great while, you see a full yeah, on titty.
1: Yeah, you could still. Yeah, you could hear some moaning <laughs> once in a while because they had like that adult channel, you know. And like <laughs> as a kid, you're fascinated by this thing. And yeah, like e t o was saying, you'd be like, "Was that? Did I just see you like flipping through the channels? You're like, oh my god." what the hell did I just see? Cause you get like a little flash, half a frame of an image or whatever. Oh, like you, Oh, it didn't take long make to stuff figure out which
0: scrambled channel was a spice channel.
1: Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> it was, there was, let um, me just say
0: it was, it was channel 98 back in those days.
1: <laughs> I, I remember one time when I was a kid, I was, I was super bored. I watched that movie. Um, I think it was called inner space with Martin short where he gets I remember like, that one. He gets, yeah. He gets shrunk and injected. It was in the summer. And I was like super bored, my friends are busy. I watched it. We used to call it the Blue People Channel because, for whatever reason, one of the pay-per-view channels, it would pay movies, it it would have had movies, and you had to pay for it each time. Like it was like a pay-per-view movies kind of a channel, but it wasn't porn or anything, it was just like regular movies. But um, I was really bored and I watched Inner Space and it wasn't scrambled; it just the colors were reversed. So the whole movie was like blue and stuff. But I was so bored, I watched a blue movie. Like it was
0: <laughs> <laughs> whatever. It's it like was watching Freak our Finger on uh, in French, you know? Yeah. Daddy, would you like some sausage?
1: I saw that Some sausage. <laughs> I saw that in know. theaters,
0: man.
2: My uh, earliest memory. I appreciate was... your fort too. My earliest memory, I'm actually about two years old, and this isn't something that I was told. And so it's a memory. This was something that I remembered. So I called my mom and I asked her about it. And I was upset because I'd lost a doll. And I don't even remember f- thinking anything. It was more just like feelings, like feeling overwhelmed. Like just remembering and upset. the situation. Yeah, it wasn't, there's no thoughts involved. It was more colors and feelings and.
3: Um, and I new. asked
2: her about it and she said I was two years old when this hmm. had happened. And she remembered cause it was a damn expensive doll I'd gotten as a present and I'd left it really far away. Like we'd taken a t- train trip somewhere and she told me not to lose it and I'd lost it. And she said she felt so bad. She went and bought me another one and told uh-huh. me she had found it.
3: now that's a mother's love
1: right there I
2: know she's so sweet
1: (laughs) (laughs) well I guess I'll share I don't know what my earliest memory is but I have an early memory where um, I was riding my bike and I ran into the tree and then uh, my dad said what are you trying to run up that tree to this day I guarantee you go ask my dad about me trying to drive my bike up the tree in the middle of our front yard and he'll tell you all about it I'm sure (laughs) (laughs) I got it. How hear old one. were you, though? I don't know. I was. I was probably. I don't know, like five or something. Yeah. I, I probably have memories from before that, but it's all kind of a jumble. It's like it's not linear, you know.
2: Right, they're like feelings and colors and maybe not specific. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But anyways, what what was this episode about? Again, dude, for projection. all right, so, all
2: right,
1: here, here's, <laughs> yes, yeah. Demon Greer is a legitimate human this, being. Th- this episode is one of those
0: episodes that can go off into whichever way, like, the wild tangent leads us, you know what I mean?
1: And that's the end of part one, The Pyramids. Thanks for listening. You can follow the show on Twitter at AlienConPod. We also have an email address, AlienConPod at ProtonMail.com. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page and group, Pod. Join us next week for part two.